Hello, listeners. My name is Simon Alusha. I am the host of Tales of Ephemera, a broadcast that has occasionally appeared within the very feed that you are listening to now. No, I am not here to hijack anything or to take anything away from this reality, but rather leave you with a teaser of something that is coming, a story that I and my supervisors have been working a long time to receive. Without further ado, I'd like to present an excerpt of the story The Second Gods by Charlie Moan. Listen and enjoy, and the rest will come soon, dear, dear listeners. The rest will come soon. Heavy light leaked from the tight blinds around the classroom windows. The light fell in heavy, even shafts over the sleepy room. Chalk dust and human skin sparkled in that light, revealed for just a moment before they vanished. The old professor had taught this course many times, the second gods and the silver codex. In reality, the class would be called How Your Reality Works. Seven students sat behind a heavy wooden table, their high-backed chairs mimicking the royal decree of learning and proliferation of knowledge. Each chair was of a different make and wood. One held the symbolic representation of the nine constellation cities carved with heavy lines and dark mahogany. Another, the masked visage of the eldest second god, Lantia Carceline. The tranquil waves of celestial wind on light, rugged spruce. Each seat within the classroom was carved with care, importance, and precision. For learning, learning and the expanding of the silver codex of the second gods was a holy job. But the old professor, a man named Michael, didn't consider this a holy job, but a necessary one. The four walls of this simple room, the heavy table, the carved chairs, seven sets of expectant eyes, this purposeful indoctrination. Necessary indoctrination, thought Michael, as he braced himself against his crowded desk to rise on weak knees. Michael wasn't old enough to be considered an architect of the mind. Still, heavy lines and wrinkles marked his sagging face, deep lines as if time had aged his skin like a canyon, sharp warm brown eyes and a thin mouth with a jumble of crooked teeth. Michael wore his hair in a messy gray bun, but his thin beard still held a slight brown. Each student was a product of their birth, the four dark-skinned and fair-haired coming from the great solar causeways, a life spent within the warm illumination of dying stars, stars ready to be locked into great forges. The Salthy spent their lives in dedication to specific crafts. Each of these four would be chosen by a master smith to learn the sacred arts of forging weapons from star forges and bending the temporal metals. One bore the pale skin and jeweled eyes of the Astian, a race of furtive and at one time problematic peoples that carved out homes within the great voids between stars and cosmic ocean. This girl had rich opal eyes and skin that was the color of fresh parchment. Blue veins were prominent along her arms. The last two were artificially grown twins. The beauty of both surpassed normal birth and the terrifying intelligence behind duplicate eyes sent a chill of fear down Michael's bent back as he cleared his throat. The artificial constructs of the glasson had always been the center of great shifts within the cosmic ocean, bodies strong enough to withstand pain and punishment and minds honed to weapons. Michael began his lecture as he had thousands of times before. Before the second gods, 
Michael's voice wavered like an old string instrument, a band warming up before a show. Space and time was the enemy of all existence. The complex nature of reality hindered intelligent life that wished to move beyond the confines of planetary homes. The arrival of the second gods was met without fanfare or even awareness. The most advanced forms of life unable to see the brilliance that had arrived, unable to process how their reality had been shaped for them by a distant and long-dead creator. The second gods began their work, led by the eldest Lanthia Carceline. The second gods began to craft their own reality, a reality overtake and save the one they had arrived in. This reality, our reality, would be named the Silver Codex, and its rules and workings would be upfront and known to those who were born, created, or came into being within this new reality. The Silver Codex was wound and began to run. Soon reality collapsed and, in its place, the new reality of the second gods, Anthea. Each second god took a spot within this new reality to govern. Lantia Carceline rules all and protects the still unwinding Silver Codex in the heart galaxy of Surf Full. Each student had heard this story before. Even if they had not heard this story in this way, they each knew of the Silver Codex because that was the reality they were born into. The four dark-skinned Salthy listened politely, but Michael could tell they were more interested in the mechanical nature of the Codex and not the history that birthed the mechanical nature. The other three were a different story. The two glassen constructs took notes with skilled hands. Their strangely beautiful eyes never leaving Michael as they copied word for word what he spoke. The Astian didn't seem to care. The small, pale girl watched the light illuminate dust in the air. Occasionally she would blow out a soft breath and smile at the random chaotic patterns of dust. The room felt small when Michael spoke, almost as if he lost track of the space. In this pause for observation, Michael again felt the room expand and the familiar shapes come into focus. The heavy wooden table, the carved chairs, the shuttered windows, the plain walls, the blackboard, and chalk and erasers. Surely to these students, this room felt like a memory pulled from a long dead age. But Michael found this environment helped his students absorb the story. Michael took a piece of chalk and began to write and speak. His old bent fingers shook and caused his lines to be sloppy. To be continued. the Raconteer Collection, Chapter 5, Episode 5, Tangents and Odds and Ends, Part 3. 
If you didn't know, my name is Charlie, one of the hosts of the Raconteur Collection, and I am joined by my brother Jack on this fine Sunday afternoon. Some would say hot Sunday afternoon. Jack, how you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty good. I was just opening up a Reese's candy right there, and um, Reese's. It was all Reese's. It was all horribly melted. So not a Reese's, Reese's. Whatever. And I look. If we were like a really big podcast, as soon as you say some was like kind of hot, it's like 95 today oh, with yeah, humidity, like 100 degrees or something, people, well, if you lived in blah, 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 it's actually pretty, it's like, oh, I don't care. Like, this is Wait, not a, this is, this is not a, who <laughs> lives in the hotter area more, like, who cares? Yeah. So, but yeah, and it's it, a very uh, hot, it is hot Sunday. It is hot. It's a very hot yeah. Sunday, very humid as well, so it's just sticky and gross. Um, pretty good week. Uh, I think I'm working tonight at the warehouse, but, um, hopefully tonight's my last night. I'm switching over to merchandising for the rest of the week, but we just kind of got to wait and see. So, you know, hopefully I get some well wishes. I'll know probably tomorrow. So nice. Other than that, nice. uh, Ellie starts her first day of school tomorrow. Oh, very excited for that. And we also are finally getting ready for uh a holiday early we've already got her halloween costume because spirit nice. halloween's open and so we're, we're starting you know we're getting on track we feel like actual adults because we're getting things done early instead of last minute so except yeah. all her school supplies are last minute but you know we're not gonna talk about that <laughs> but uh how's how's your week been man how you doing uh you know it has been pretty good um kate was away in eureka for the beginning of the week and so kind of had the house to myself which normally i'd be like man house to myself awesome but to be honest it was kind of it's kind of lonely it's kind of weird being in the house totally by yourself you know what i mean yeah like there's something about keeping to a schedule and especially like even like cooking dinner it was a lot harder for me to want to cook dinner when i was like well i'm just cooking for myself <laughs> you know what i mean so i yeah, was like yeah. so it's glad to have her back um you know Working out's going well. I, I feel like I always kind of really peter out in my workout, my weekly workouts, like towards the end of the week. Um, it gets kind of challenging to do, to be like really stay on top of it. But uh, other than that, you know, it's it, as with everything, ebbs and flows. You know, sometimes I'm going to have better weeks. Other times it's going to be, oh, you know, definitely feels like a struggle every day when I want to go and be like, oh, got to work out. But uh, I guess in other news as well, it was, you know, I guess kind of a chill week because even when my writing, I kind of slowed down, took a break, did some more editing. Um, as you heard at the beginning of the show, there's an X script for one of my short stories coming up or one of my shorter stories coming up. It's going to be like 10,000. Yeah, words, the X script so really was like short. seven minutes. So, you know. Yeah. So Hopefully that X script's just a part. But uh, yeah, so I'm really excited for that. Um, that's one of the ones that are one of our patrons actually are aunt our aunt. Becky, you know, as I was, uh, she's one of the ones who I think is furthest. She might even be done with my book, Manelica, right now. But um, she was like, hey, keep writing, you know, write some stories around 10,000 words. And I was like, great idea. And so I've kind of been leaning into my strengths a little bit with this short story, but then also trying to be a little bit more expansive. And, you know, by leaning into my strengths, this this short story, and I'm sure, as you can tell, just from this X script, is a very lore-heavy story. A lot of, like, world-building and big ideas. 
I kind of wanted to do a story based around that and less based around kind of the small minutia of a character. You know, I was kind of interested in those big kind of scope events, you know, almost like that. So it's been really fun to work on that. Um, been really, and really exciting as well. Um, I mean, I, Monday and Tuesday, when I kind of read through it again, I was like, this is pretty good, man. It's uh, pretty engaging. This I think it's really cool. Good. So, which is always a good reaction. I mean, I'm always happy when I go, oh, this is good. You know what I mean? Because I'm usually very critical of uh, my work. So, yeah. But uh, before we uh, jump or jump, <laughs> jump into the uh, more of like the tangent aspect, I, I just want to give people a quick overview. So before in previous chapters of the Raconteur Collection, we've had tangent-based episodes. Really, the whole idea behind one of these tangent-based episodes is, you know, if, and we didn't ask for feedback this time, but uh, it would be to incorporate a lot of user feedback, kind of, you know, almost like a mailbag. But of course, we don't have a lot of people who write in, which is totally fine, but would always love more people to write in, even just for random stuff. Um, but, you know... It's just one of those times where Jack and I can kind of find a thread that we like and talk about things. I mean, we go on tangents all the time in our episodes, so we were like, man, what if we just made a whole episode based around the weird tangents and, you know, divergent paths we travel upon? And we try to showcase our so, comedic skills. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Jack will try to showcase his comedic skills. <laughs> yeah, my comedic skills. Ha, comedy. Who says comedic? I said comedy. No, you said comedic. Skills. Oh, I said I said I, I said comedic. No, I I, 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 th- I don't think I emphasized the C. Yeah, you just went. I just heard comedy. I was like comedy. But um, yeah. So that's what the episode's gonna be about today. It's gonna be a very chill, laid back. Um, I mean, I love the idea of kind of those, you know, hanging out with your friends vibe very much. That's what this episode's gonna be about. Yes. So if that is interesting to you, I mean, man stick around anybody who loves us and loves what we do just on the regular you'll love this as well you know you've had a couple episodes of this before but for anybody who's listening for the very first time that's kind of just a quick lowdown on what this episode is and what it will entail a bunch of random stuff and uh you know what random stuff always good so anyways jack i went on for a little bit there but uh to go back a little bit and to kind of kick us off you know i've been I think the thing that's been on my mind the most lately, right, is uh, is my book, Manelica, right? So it's been, man, probably about two, three months, maybe a little bit longer since I've handed out those alpha copies, right? Yeah. And it's been long enough for me that I'm like, I kind of want to go back. I'm getting that itch again. You know what I mean? I can feel it, and I'm having these moments, and this happened last time when I kind of took a break where... I'll be listening to music in the car and I get this like, you know, awesome montage of a specific moment from my story. Um, very much, you know, on the style of like those old Kingdom Hearts FMV music videos or Naruto or Bleach, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, a lot like that, you know, almost like those, I almost see those moments when I hear a specific song almost as like anime intros where you get like a lot of flashes of different parts of the story and you, it gets you all hyped. But that all happens in the theater of my mind. And so, you know, I've been kind of itching to go back. Uh, I know there are some parts I want to expand upon. And I guess what I'm kind of hoping going forward is that whatever I have now is a strong enough base to where I can kind of go in, not worry so much about 
point A to point B to point C, but be like, hey, this specific part, I want to add more to this and kind of like take that approach rather than the approach I took last time, which was, hey, everything needs to be expanded. So I'm literally just going to rewrite the whole thing. So I hope uh, that's where I'm at. Um, I guess we'll see as I get um, uh, more feedback comes in and anyone who has uh, copies of the book now continue to read them. I mean, all this stuff is gonna be very valuable. I had a bunch of copies printed this time. So you are not on a time schedule, but you know, I'm always antsy for feedback literally because the story's just been stuck in my mind, you know, forever. So, uh, any feedback is always greatly appreciated, but, uh, Jack, that's kind of where I'm at, you know, with my creative stuff. Uh, how does it strike you? I mean, does any of that, are you like, Oh yeah, I I can see how that makes sense. Or is that just, you're like, wow, that's okay. I mean, the thing that (laughs) resonates, yeah, cool. No, the thing that resonates with me the most personally is hearing certain songs and specifically thinking of either animes that you know of. You know, uh, I remember a classic one for me is the song False Pretense by the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. There's a specific Naruto AMV that I always (laughs) think of when that song, I don't, like, I'm not, I haven't even watched that much Naruto, but there's a specific AMV that I think of every time it starts with Sasuke running as soon as like doom banana you know mm-hmm. uh so I definitely under I, mm-hmm. I get that and you know what I'm kind of thinking of you know I'm like hey, it'd be cool if I made like a game or a movie or this happened or this was happening or this is playing like I can picture all that stuff in my head while listening to certain songs specifically so um yeah you know I, I definitely that that resonates with me the most as far as you know I don't know if that's like a creative yeah. process or what kind of part of the brain that's really working. Yeah. But. I mean, it has to go back to video games and anime, right? Like that montage idea. I mean, Kate and I recently found a whole bunch of these. They're not called, you know, FMVs or AMVs anymore, but they're just called like edits. And I think I, think I showed you one, Jack, the Walking Dead one, where it's just these you know, music and these cuts of the show. And what I love so much about them is that they can, especially if you know the story, the good ones really hit on all those high moments and they really sync it up with like, oh, hey, Captain America, for example, said this before he was a superhero. Now we're going to overlay his voice saying this while he's in his final fight. And you're like, oh, it's so good. You know what I mean? Because it's, uh, you kind of get like the best version of these like really well done edits and i gotta say man with some of these edits i cannot imagine how complicated it would be to go through and like clip these things and have like a cohesive piece at the end you know that that's gotta take a yeah, lot I mean, of work or maybe if it doesn't take a lot of work i don't understand how they're doing it i mean the one way. you showed me you know what i mean the walking dead uh, you know, it probably mm-hmm. the most time was just finding all the right clips. That probably took the most time was done over right. however long. I mean, because people can really pump these things out if it's all they're doing, you know, like, you know, yeah, kind of just like I know the videos I did when I was a kid, like weren't nearly like on that level. But, you know, I was making like two or three videos a day at one point, like filming it, editing it publishing it ha 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 laugh 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 always make another one you know so i can i can see people kind of doing some of these more quickly but yeah if you're having to go go through 
tens of episode, you know, hundreds of hours of content. Like, oh yeah, that's the most, yeah, you know, time strenuous part is just finding all those clips. Because the actual editing itself, it's done yeah. very well, but it's not like super complicated editing. It's just like very well spliced editing. Yeah, I guess you're right. Which you know t- takes an eye. You have yeah. an eye for it for sure. Yeah, and that's what I've noticed. These edits, there are definitely certain people who have the eye for it more so than other people. Because you'll watch some of them, and you're like, eh. And then you'll watch other ones, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is engaging. And like it's not perfectly synced up with the music, but it syncs yeah. up when it needs to really well. And you're like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> this, is, this is awesome. But, uh, you know, Jack, mentioning anime, we had a conversation a little... Or I, I earlier this week, I think when you picked me up one of these days from work, where we talked about anime and we talked about kind of falling out of it a little bit. And I thought, you know, since it's the tangents episode and we just were talking about anime music videos, talk about that a little bit because you know we've had two anime episodes. One with uh, Michael was on one of our one of our best episodes. And no dude, I, I just want to say, Michael, but, um, little behind the scenes, Michael sent in his yeah. file to me when I had to put it all together. I believe the final yeah. name was like Big Anime Titties, so it was, and it was titties spelled with D's. Yeah, T I D D I E S. It was really good. <laughs> Made me laugh. So, but uh, yeah. So we were talking a little bit about anime, and I'll kind of set the stage, Jack, and I'll pass it over to you pretty quickly because I always get a little self conscious when I talk for too long, <laughs> you know, because I don't want to like <laughs> just leave you hanging there. Oh, uh, you're you're fine. But, um, you're fine. You're fine. It's fine. <laughs> Jack, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you all high pitched? Well, I'm fine. What is that from? That's from something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know uh, it's it's definitely, it's either from us or from something that we watched a long time ago. I can't, yeah. I can't remember. Uh, so, you know, Jack and I are talking about anime, something we're both really passionate about. And Jack and I like different types of anime for sure. But one thing we actually kind of agree on is, at least in the modern sense in the age that we are now so this is entirely biased discussion this is not again i always wanted to tell this like if we bring up any shows that are your favorite absolute show and you're like i can't believe they hate the show we don't hate the show it just did not hit us right and it that does not you liking a show or you liking a certain thing doesn't make you weird or doesn't make you you know I hate that thing where you're like, oh man, only cool kids like this type of music. I, that that kind of stuff is so just, I, I don't like it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but also I don't want to hear your complaints, so don't write in about it. Um, so we are talking about how anime nowadays just feels very surface level. In particular, a lot of anime has so much exposition. And I even went back and, you know, I think we watched, talked about some shows we watched back. I mean relatively recently i went back and watched a really good naruto fight uh sasuke and i he's versus the guy who's been like stealing uchiha eyes and he has like them implanted in his arm people who've watched naruto know what i'm talking about i don't remember the guy's name and i remember when i first watched that scene you know when i was watching through naruto years ago i was like this is freaking cool wow but then i went back and watched it and it's three episodes and it could be one but there is just this overwhelming amount of dialogue and thought and exposition. And I get it. I know it's not happening in real time. I mean, I play Dungeons and Dragons, so I understand this idea of, you know, 
extending out the seconds in a fight between blows. Like, I get it. Like, I, and I actually like that, like, analyzation and, like, but what ends up happening is that it just slows the pace to a crawl. And it's funny because when you're reading, like, a manga or whatever, you're like, you just read it and then it makes sense because you're like, okay, cool. But when you, something about seeing it in motion, as I've gotten older and I've, you know, kind of not refined what I've liked, but, you know, I get more of a grasp on what I really like. A lot of these moments just fall flat for me and I can't like it. You know what I mean? I can't like it as much as I did. Jack, you were mentioning a bleach fight earlier, you know? Yeah, it was. In fact, the titular. Yeah, I mean, spoilers, but it's, it's like been like almost 20 years. No, it's like more like 10, but. Uh, yeah, so the final fight between Ichiko and Aizen is like, it is cool, but it's really underwhelming for how much buildup there was. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, like like I just said, it's cool, but it's not long enough. It's maybe five minutes or less of total like actual interaction and not just talking. It's, it's probably more like two minutes. Right. And it's, you know, they're fighting, couple moves, final move. That's it. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. back and watch because I was showing it yeah. to Laura and I was like, I remember this kind of being a lot cooler, <laughs> but cooler. Yeah. You know, it's and but one thing because I told Laura that you were kind of struggling on like what anime is like you're just having patience with them. And she was like, maybe it's more of a, a cultural thing as well. Just uh, kind of the way mm-hmm. that we, you know. Usually, I believe in our culture, we kind of, we don't want things like immediately, but when things, you know, kind of get to the point, usually, especially if there's just like a lot of talking. I mean, yeah, just look at like our TV that's on most nowadays stuff like, I don't know, I'm just trying to think, you know, Love Island's a show where the talking is like, it is like an anime. There's nothing happening in the talking. I don't even like Love Island. I think it's like not very good, but, (laughs) you know, it's, um. It's it's entertaining though because it's so lavish. In anime, like when they're talking, there's nothing really lavish going on. They're just kind of talking for way too long about something. And then yeah, well, the counterpoint is you brought up that maybe in the like in the mangas and stuff like that, maybe it's just is an inner head monologue that or dialogue that's supposed to be you know happening yeah, a lot more quickly. You know- they can that, actually portray in an is. anime, yeah. which make a lot of sense because a lot of it does happen. Just, yeah. oh my gosh, this is the time to show my skills, but I can't. I'm so tired. Just, I just need to get up. I just gotta, gotta get up, but I don't know if I can. Like that's happening, yeah. and then while everyone's like, yeah, stood still watching. Yeah, and and then, yeah, the bad guy's like, Bakurado, and you're like, <laughs> okay, yeah, no, and. So, and I think it's not necessarily a problem with, like, all anime. Because there are some, like, in particular, like, One Punch Man and stuff like that, where it is in the style of, like, a shonen show, but it's much, you know, or, like, Gurren Lagann. You know what I mean? Like, they explain stuff in that, but, like, it all, it's very cohesive. And I think the problem I'm running into is that with a lot of these new shows... I'm definitely running into that problem of like, I feel like I've seen it before, you know, like, especially with all the stuff of being like, oh, hey, I was sucked from this world into another world and I only leveled up my defense or oh, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, God, dude, I was just <laughs> looking at that. Like, the name of the show, <laughs> you're, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. 
And here, here's the description of it. Hold on, it's pulling up again. Got to read the title. I've been too. killing slimes for yeah. 300 years and max out my level. Have not watched it. I'm like, that sounds like the most boring thing in the world. Yeah. Here, here's the, here's how they sell you on. <laughs> I've been killing slimes for 300 years and max my levels. An example of the slow life isekai subgenre, oh where the God. point is that nothing much happens because the protagonist <laughs> wants to spend most of their time relaxing. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Let me, yeah. Oh, but I, you know, I guess so, that's what it's hard though, because like, you know, there are the other shows, the other anime shows that then go the exact opposite direction. Like my favorite Ergo Proxy, where there's such a divide between the types of shows that like that Naruto is, that Bleach is the shonen shows. You know, the that anime that's kind of aimed, aimed at young boys. Which I mean, that might be my problem. I'm just I think I'm getting Young less. And, I'm getting less and less tolerant, you know, of that kind of material. Yeah. Not not that it's bad. And that's the thing. Is like My Hero Academia, Shonen Show. I absolutely love My Hero Academia. There are parts of My Hero Academia that I think are like amazingly good, but it's surrounded by the stuff where you're like, that's kind of waste. It's kind of hard because you know. I'm like, I want to show Kate like some of these longer shows. You know, I would want, I love to show her Bleach because there's some cool stuff that happens in Bleach. Like, like when, oh, yeah. sorry, spoil, or, or I guess we're just spoiling all the Bleach, but like when Ichigo fights Aizen for the first time, he realizes that Aizen's the bad guy and he like catches his blade with a finger after Ichigo has like yeah. shown Which his is power cool. and he's gotten <laughs> stronger and you're like, oh man, he's going to get him. And then he just catches his blade with a finger and then just pieces out. It's like, you're like, oh my gosh, it's so good. Or even his fight, you know, with Rukia's brother, the guy who has the sword that turns into all the petals, you know? That's the yes. fight that takes place right before that, and it's awesome. It's really cool. But, you know, to get to that really cool moment, you gotta slog. You gotta go through the just stupid jokes, just the immature kind of like, ha ha ha, big boobs. You know what I mean? You gotta go through this the weird non-flirting that happens, which I absolutely hate. I'm like, can these characters just hook up? Like, is there actually a problem with having these characters hook up? Are they just going to, like, slightly flirt with each other all of the time? Uh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just how it works, yeah. But, uh, I you mean, know. But, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so, I don't know. For me, anime, I haven't really found anything new. Like, I haven't really been watching anything new. And I'm not really... Right now, I'm not really looking for anything new either. So, you know, I'm just kind of until I happen upon something, or you know, some guy, some director that I like starts working on something. I think I will kind of just take it easy, mm. you know, and I'll, I'll find it in due time. But well, still, be subscribed to Crunchyroll the whole time. Right, and that's actually a good point, Jack. I think I need to start as with I do with everything else. I really need to start honing in on the people that I like. And I think what I'm realizing is that I'm definitely more of a manga person now, which, you know, I like reading it. I like having, you know, the complete thing. Like, I still get the epic feelings I have from watching it. But as I've learned, I can't read the manga and really enjoy the show. You know, I, I get excited because I'm like, oh, I can see this part animated. But you know what parts you want to see animated? You want to see the fights animated. And they're so yes. spaced out, you know, like there's a part coming up in My Hero Academia where they focus on the villains. And that's, I think, going to be airing within the next couple of weeks. And it's really cool because like each of the villains gets their own like 
kind of spotlight and all of them grow and their powers grow very much like the heroes, you know, but kind of just a reverse. And I remember reading that part and being like, this is so good, man. It's just cool. And like, you care about these villains. Like, yeah, they're evil, but like you, you know, you start to care more about them. I mean, you get the main villains kind of like backstory and how like tortured and horrible his life was. And I mean, okay, Jack, let me, let me plant you the seed, right? So the main, one of the main villains of My Hero Academia, his name is Sugar Rocky. He's this like tall, lanky guy. He, you know, his skin's all weird because he has like these horrible allergies. And his quirk or his superpower is that he can, if he touches you with all five fingers, he can decay you. Like just decay your matter. Like you just will wilt away. Right. So like. It's freaky. Right off the bat. That's a horrifying power. Like. But yeah, how do you, know, you find his, that out? Like imagine like a little kid, like right. <laughs> well, oh, that's that's what I was gonna bring up. So his Mom. this this kid's grandmother oh. was one of the previous holders of All Might's power. So you know, um, one for all. And because of that, her son, so Shigaraki's father, hated him. Like hated hated the idea of heroes because his mother was absent and abandoned him basically to go fight crime. And so, you know, as a young kid, Shigaraki's like, oh, man, my my, my mom's, or my grandmother's really cool. She's like a superhero. Dad comes in, beats the crap out of him, and then he's going, and he cries outside. The dog comes up to comfort him. That's when his quirk awakes as he's petting the dog, and he decays the dog. And he, like, freaks out. Then his sister comes out, and she sees the decayed remains of the dog. And he's like, no, you know, I didn't mean to. Grabs his sister decays his sister his mom comes out and like it just escalates and you're like this is horrific and like what like a traumatic and you know he ends up decaying his whole family you know and finally takes pleasure in like decaying his like abusive father and then he's wandering the streets where then the main main bad guy picks him up and is like oh child come under my wing you know what i mean yeah (laughs) you're like and so jack like i tell you that how does that sound? Does that sound like something you want to watch? I mean, like not specifically the horror, like the horrific <laughs> parts, but like interestingly, or you're like, wow, that 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 sounds pretty compelling. It's pretty interesting. Um, I'm just wondering, like, if it'll be done. Like, I mean, I hate saying like in a typical anime way, but exactly. No, that's the problem, right? It's like I like yeah, it'd be cool, but it's like yeah. uh, it's going to resolve exactly the same way, or the characters going to end up developing mm. this like the origin super cool. I mean, or horrible, whatever. But then, like, yeah. everything after that's, like, by the books almost is kind of what, why uh, I'm kind of getting disinterested. Exactly. So, not like by I mean, like, the My manga, main but, issue, know. yeah, no, my main issue with My Hero Academia is they've already hinted that it might end in more of that, like, typical way. Because Naruto, with how Naruto ends is Naruto's whole thing is he always wants to make friends with everybody. He's like, oh man, if Gara only had a friend. Oh man, if Obito only had a friend. Yeah. Um, and his friendship ends up changing these people, and so good guys or bad guys become good guys all the time. And when our main character Deku encounters Shigaraki and comes away from the fight, you know what he you know what he says? He goes, "Inside, I heard a child crying, and I wanted to save him." Oh, and I was like, "No, <laughs> please!" <laughs> I'm like, yeah, "This man well, is a murderer." Like, so if I, if I can. Here, I'm gonna go to a more yeah, more no, grandiose topic. Um, okay, not, okay. not really, but it's the whole. There, you have the people who enjoy the movies of something or the shows of something. Yeah, 
But then you have this sect of people that's like, if you haven't read the book, or if you don't enjoy the book, or if the movie or show is not an exact adaptation of the book, it's mm-hmm. garbage and you're missing yeah. out. I think that that's just like really, that kind of stuff pushes people away from wanting to engage with like oh, either yeah. side. You know, it's like, oh, I read the book. Oh, I bet the show's pretty good. Definitely. You look online to, you know, try to find stuff about the show. Everyone's like, well, yeah. if only they reference the book or, oh, if only it's, you know, it's, <laughs> or you know, hey, I thought I thought yeah. the Lord of the Rings movies are really good. You know, they think they're really well done and shot. Look, so, someone up. online is yeah. like, well, yeah, they would be if they didn't leave out all that. And you know, it's like, oh my god. <laughs> so if they didn't leave, they should have included Tom Bombadil. And you're like, okay, not really though. Who might actually yeah, be I... like the creator of the world? <laughs> Dude, Tom Bombadil's a dude. A did man. you know that? Well, maybe not. Like, there's I... a reference that he might be like the creator of. Middle Earth, or some, something you know, honest, like that. It's something like that. that. He he's like some. He's like one of like I don't know. Yeah, there's like some weird lore with him. Oh, there definitely. And is. It, definitely I don't know. Is. Don't quote me that, but it's some. I remember I hearing mean, something like that. I don't know if it's true, but right. Yeah, I I think what you run into is you run into this issue of like, you know, books, and especially if you talk about a book like Lord of the Rings or very you know timely piece the dune movies coming out in october and i love dune book i mean dad loves I mean, our dad loves dune but uh that conversation is definitely going to happen around that movie you know mm-hmm. what i mean because dune is such a well-regarded book just like lord of the rings and you know i gotta say i love the lord of the rings movies and i love the books i would say i love the books more but that's just me. Like, that's just me because I like that extra detail. I like the weird stuff and that kind of the tone of the books. Yeah. The movies are different. Like, but that being said, would a scene for scene, line for line rendition of this in like Lord of the Rings in live action be good? I don't know. You know, I don't. But, you know, I you have to take some license and what i always like to tell everybody is that you know i'm like man lord of the rings like if you like the movies 100 percent read the books because or listen to them audio you know but the movies i feel like capture the spirit and like especially like the music in the movies oh my oh, gosh yeah god we need to do a return of the king jack but you know and like the 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 work that the everybody put into like designing the world and oh this person wears this type of armor and this knight has this type of armor and that kind of stuff totally Lord of the Rings I mean you can trace that stuff back to the books and so but you can't have every little part like in the Fellowship of the Ring you can't have a thirty minute section of Tom Bombadil I mean unless you want like three, it would be cool to hobbits, see you know what I mean like I I feel like right. they tried to portray more of that with the hobbit but instead they add in characters that actually just weren't in the hobbit or you know i don't know right. i feel like that and one thing also to me is that some of the dwarves in the party look like dwarves and other of them just look like weirdly proportioned men you know like they don't have they're not yeah, dwarfish yeah. at all they're just kind of like hey i'm dwarf sized right. dude i okay so that's the thing, right? And sorry, listeners, we transitioned from talking about Lord of the Rings to The Hobbit. But yeah, um, sorry, I'll say so. I love the scene in The Hobbit where they seen the uh, Misty Mountain song. 
that scene is like really good and it's like 20 seconds but it's so good you know where they're all seeing you on the fire and they're you know that they're like oh my god they're all like how i totally i totally agree you know it's like they they were like hey so we need to have some of these dwarves look like humans because they can't all be goofballs but then what happens is then you have like these dwarves that are like world of warcraft dwarves and then you have like the aragorn dwarves (laughs) and you're like what a good comparison that's that's the thing is that like lord of the rings like the trilogy peter jackson and it's funny peter jackson did the hobbit too let's not forget the director produced them for oh wow he directed them I think he, I don't know if he directed out. He didn't want to originally. There's a really good um, examination of The Hobbit. I don't remember who it's by. I want to say her name is Lindsay Ellis. She has a channel. If I got that wrong, forgive me. But if you want to look into the production of The Hobbit, really interesting, really good set of videos that she has on that. But um, yeah, so, you know, Lord of the Rings has its own feel and it feels like Lord of the Rings, right? The Hobbit does not feel like Lord of the Rings and it feels way more like World of Warcraft or like a video game with how everything looks and the design of everything. And not, I'm not saying the design is bad, you know, cause I actually think some of it looks really cool, but I'm like, man, where's the practicality? Where's the, you know, instead now we get whatever city it is in, you know, World of Warcraft that just looks like the dwarf city and, you know, the Misty Mountains. Because, like, they have these huge impractical tools. They have the dwarves, like, spelunking, and they have these little candle helmets. I like the candle helmets. It's fine. But you know what it looks like? World of Warcraft. And so you just, like, run into this weird problem where you're like, man, listen, you got to stick with one thing, and you got to be confident that that one thing is good. And I think that was the problem with The Hobbit. And that tends to be, I think, the problem with adaptations in general is that you know, you could capture the spirit of, let's say, Dune, for example. Like, I am very confident in this guy being able to capture the spirit of Dune. So for me, it does not need to follow the plot perfectly, right? But I haven't seen it yet, so we don't know. But I have a feeling like he'll capture the spirit and the look and the feel. And that can go a long way, you know? Because you can't tell the entire story you can't tell it in the way you'd want to if you're basing it solely on the book because a book is meant to be read and a movie is meant to be watched i mean they're just so fundamentally different i mean getting into like harry potter harry potter is the same way you know where like goblet of fire is a great book goblet of fire movie they didn't i don't feel like they knew what they wanted to focus on and so i think that's where you kind of get those big divisions and you, then you get the people who are like Oh man, you only really like Harry Potter, or you only really like Lord of the Rings yeah. if you read it. Only true fans do this, and you're like, dude, ch- chill out. Like, why do you care if somebody enjoys the movie? Like, <laughs> how does it hurt you? You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that's a, a good topic, Jack. That's a that's a good one. Because yeah, it's, there's, there's such a big divide. Yeah, there's and this I mean, whole divide between. Sorry, go ahead. Like you said, like you know, you're not a true fan if you haven't you know spent your life obsessing about this thing and knowing everything about it it like you can be a casual fan about things but as soon as you try to like engage in conversation with someone who isn't just a casual fan it becomes a bit too much you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. 
if someone was like, man, I don't know. who Who's this song by? It, oh, it's by Daft Punk? Uh, isn't what, like their, their biggest song, like, uh, you know, One More Time? I'd be like, well, actually, hold on. You know, that'd be like me coming up and you're like, you can't just enjoy, the, you know. You know like, actually, Around yeah. the World is really huge. Also, hard, you know, there you can get, you know. My, my favorite song by Daft Punk is Get Lucky. Well, actually, yeah. for real, William. <laughs> I, I enjoy this song, which, hey, look, Charlie. Yeah. This will come as a surprise to literally everybody. Can you guess what I'm about to say now that we're speaking of music? You no, like I mean, that album? That, that what? Random Access Memories? Yeah, that I, that's a great album. album. <laughs> what okay, were you going to say? So no, I have no idea. I... I'm trying to stop Spotify. What are you doing? I'm trying to find uh, charts, top songs, global. Okay. I am a fan of at least the chorus of the currently most popular song in the world. And the song has Justin Bieber in it. Your song, it's the song yeah. Stay. I don't know if you've heard it. Okay. It's, I haven't listened to it, but I will. It's I probably well, I, have, I, I first I heard it like in a TikTok. I didn't realize what song it was. And I heard it again. I was like, that's, that's pretty catchy. And then I was like, wait, that's that song? Because then I saw it on the radio and I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I was like, man, it's uh the most popular. So all for all my haters who say Jack doesn't like popular things, I currently enjoy the sound, at least, mm-hmm. of the most popular song in the world right now according to spotify i gotta say gotta say that this we're delving into another tangent here jack and his aversion to certain things now take this with a grain of salt jack i'm not saying this is you do this for everything but i feel that you have a tendency to when people are telling you to be like oh jack you should really do this you have a tendency to be like no i'll keep that in the back burner and then when you guys aren't talking about it anymore that's when i'll check it out or when it falls out of the zeitgeist that's when jack checks it out and i don't know how much of that is true or how much of that is like a conscious thing on your part but it does seem like you do that i mean like even with things like sekiro and stuff like i know eventually you will play sekiro but like you definitely did not seem into it when i was into it and you don't seem into it now. And so I'm like, when is he going to get to it? Because that game is really freaking good. Like, it's amazing. It's just as good as, like, Bloodborne. Like, it'd be like Bloodborne, Sekiro, Dark Souls, yeah. all in there. You know what I mean? For me, personally. Yes. But, yeah. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Like, is that a conscious thing you do? Or do you find that, like, you are turned off a little bit? Because I totally understand. Like, I was that way with Marvel, right? Where, like... Everybody was like talking about Marvel. Marvel's so big. Marvel's so huge. And but then you have the people on the opposite side who are like, "Oh man, Marvel is just garbage." And you have like Martin Scorsese being like, "Man, the future of cinema is dead if Marvel is going to be the top king." But you know what? Kind of opened my eyes to it. And again, going off a little bit here, but uh, I was watching another fantastic channel, The Corridor Crew, and they were analyzing some of the CGI effects in Marvel movies and. They were talking about how, like, hey, listen, like, even if you don't like this, you have to appreciate the work that goes into these movies, the work that goes into making that each movie 
each entry feels cohesive but different. Like that's gotta be this magic sauce that they've figured out. And then when I stepped in and watched all the Marvel movies, I was like, man, I wish I had been more involved because this stuff Mm -hmm. is awesome. Like it's really cool. And I'm super excited about all the upcoming stuff like Eternals, new trailer for that came out. Oh my gosh, I am all over it. I think it looks awesome. You know, I still have my gripes as like, man, I I like the Marvel stuff a lot, but there is a grittiness that they're lacking that I wish they had. A grittiness that is definitely tied to them being owned by Disney. And it's one of the things that I think that Disney's going to really have to analyze and say, you know what? Like some of our stuff is going to have to be rated R. We have to be open to the fact that, hey, you know what? We have all this nostalgia stuff for kids, but like you can't keep doing these serious stories and then leave out the grit of the serious parts. You know what I mean? And I'm not asking for people being decapitated or like the saving private Ryan beach scene. You know, I'm not asking for that from Disney, but what I am asking for is like, Hey, you guys need to like realize that there are game of Thrones handmaid's tale. There are these darker shows that are really big and really popular. And you guys need to like get on it a little bit. Like, I mean, uh, Jack, imagine they say, hey, this new Star Wars movie is coming out, right? It's going to be called something. It's going to be called Star Wars, A Forgotten Hope, let's say. It's a rated R. I would be like, hell yes, sign me up. That would be awesome. Yeah, I was like, can Anyways, I Anyways, I got off on a little bit that tangent there, <laughs> as we do. Um, so but yeah. Point, so Jack, back to the, the question. Wisher, Ellie, um, you can't play the How do you feel about right that? Now. It's for it's for the PlayStation Four. The Witcher, not because you're four. No, she she no. That's audacity. It's what I used to record. Why couldn't she been pointing at stuff when I was going off on my tangent? (laughs) Yeah, I can move them here in a minute. Okay. Okay. So, I believe, for the most part, it's not like a conscious thing where I'm like, "Ooh, man, I just want to be like that guy who finds it all." Or like I get into it later when no one's talking about it to be cool or to be individualistic. Like I don't do it for not right now. I don't do it for any like particular reason. Um, Ellie, hey. I need a letter. What it, letter? What? Right. Don't turn off the computer accidentally, please. What she's writing on the whiteboard. Well, and. Hold Sorry on. to fill some space no, here. Yeah, go to ahead. Add, I'm, 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 I'm going to mute. Hold to on. To add, yeah, you're good. To add to the conversation and why I think Jack kind of operates in this way is so we recently, and most of our listeners are involved in this, but pardon me. After we we talked about a uh, Minecraft last week, we started up a Minecraft realm. Joined that, and uh, I started on hopped on first because I started the realm and I like set up these little chests for everybody so they could have some bread some torches and some stone tools i set up one for jack and i go wait jack is not he's not gonna want to accept these torches and stone tools he's gonna want to get them himself and i understand that right like i understand you don't want to be handed something you kind of want to come into it or build it yourself or find it yourself or make it yourself so jack i was kind of talking about how i knew that when I made like those stone tools and the bread and the torches and our Minecraft realm that I knew that I was like, I bet you Jack's not going to want to take it because you kind of like to come into the things yourself. And I was wondering if that was maybe 
a microcosm for like how meat you like involve media too. Like you don't like to be given it. You like to come into it. You can look at how I approach games with how I approach basically everything else, music, media, what I'm into, whatever. Like, so especially with a game like escape from Tarkov, everyone always says, watch people who are good. Look up all the videos. I've never once once watched a Tarkov video other than this one I was saying that armor is pretty much useless late game. That's pretty much the only thing I've watched. So I just burped. I kind of have this thing like Laura's been telling me to watch this podcast. And she's like, it's funny. Um, I think you I think you'd like it. And I'm like, I'm sure I would, but like I need to get into it like on my own time. Because something in my brain when and when anyone wants to check something out or that you might like this, immediately I'm like, I'm kind of skeptical about it. And I don't know why that <laughs> is. It's not that I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to be in it because you're into it. It's just kind of like, mm, really? Interesting. I don't know. Maybe a part of me is like weirdly yeah. subconsciously. I don't like the idea that people like can know what I'm into. And which is like, yeah. I don't, I don't know where that comes from. Uh, but you know, then so with Tarkov, like I still haven't looked anything up. I've looked up the bullet charts, like how the bullets work and like where some of the uh, really ambiguous quests uh, like things are. That's about it. Like I figured out, mm-hmm. you know, extracts. If I need a reminder, I'll look it up. Cause I'm like, I knew it at one point. It's fine. I can look it up. Uh, or, you know, I do like doing things on my own, but then if I'm doing, if I'm playing like Call of Duty, I'm like, I'm going to look up where the intel is. I've done it before. I'm going to look it up. Like, I have, I have no problem doing that. But yeah, then you get to like Minecraft yeah. and it's like, I looked at this chest and I was like, hmm, I don't need this. So you, you <laughs> called it. Like I was, I didn't take anything. I was like, I don't, I, I'm yeah. good. I'm good. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But then it comes like when it comes to something like Marvel, I'm just not a. I'm not really into superheroes. I like Spider Man, but I you know I, I only like I like uh, Metroid, I, mean, I like Spider Man uh, into the Spider Verse. I really like that movie. Oh, dude, that movie is. But great. that's Freaking that's probably fantastic. the only Spider Man movie I've watched since like Spider Man Two. So and I mean right. that came out when I was like Spider Man Two really also young. A great movie. So that was right. like with Tobey Maguire. And now there's like this whole yeah. weird renaissance with him apparently like, oh, he should be in the next Spider-Man movie. And everyone's like, no, he shouldn't. There's There are casting rumors that he's going to be in one of the upcoming Marvel movies. And so people are like, oh. But Marvel's getting a little crazy with their stuff. They're doing a lot of multiverse stuff now, so we'll see how that uh, pans out. But, you know, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from in that because... I do the same thing with like it not so much now, but like I've been actually trying to be better about when people recommend me something like looking at it because I've been like, Oh, people like took went out of their way to say I might like this and maybe I would. So, but I can only kind of equate that experience really to with um, like the first time I play like a souls game. So like, for example, like, and I'm talking about the demon souls, I'm talking about dark souls, bloodborne, all those series of games of the PlayStation, the same company that made all those games is coming out with a new one in uh, January. It's called Elden Ring. And I really excited for it. But when I get that game, I'm going to play through it completely blind. You know, like I'm going to go through it. And then afterwards, after I've played through it and beat it once, then I'll start to look up some stuff because I kind of like that discovery 
and that thing by myself. That's similar, but it's not quite the same to what you're yeah, I mean, talking I'm kind of about. on the same point too. Um, like I, I like finding yeah. things on my own, like my first run through or second run through. And then after I like this weird point in my yeah. mind where I'm like, I've like, I've done the work. I've earned it. I can find these things that I don't want to spend the hours trying to figure out, you know, like that's how it was with right. Dark Souls three. Like I played through the game. I probably went through five, six playthroughs on the one character. And then it was like, I'm not going to sit here and look up where all these rings are or like try to figure out where all these rings are. I'm just trying to, I'm not no, going to waste yeah. my time doing that. And so I was like, I was like, then where are the yeah. rings? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I was like, I'm going to look that up. Right. Okay, how do you get here? Well, and it's like, okay, so it's super convoluted to get this certain ending. Like, it really was. So, mm-hmm. I was like, that's just mm-hmm. not... Yeah, it like, is. that kind of stuff isn't worth, like, figuring out on my own because it's not, you know... Yeah. It, it's really hard to do that the right way because it's so ambiguous. It's like, oh, talk to this guy after you beat this boss and only yeah. after you beat this boss, but not... You know, before you go do this, also make sure, and then make sure, yeah, like this person, you can only talk to her if you've done this and killed this boss, and then unlock this area, but didn't complete this area. It's that's how the quest is. So, you know, yeah, I almost wish within that game design, they really would focus, and I hope Elden Ring does this. I really wish they would focus more on your kind of hub area, and have those NPCs and stuff always there. So you can always like make a rotation and talk to them as part of like visiting the hub again, you know, um, Ashen is like that where like your hub base gets built up, like built up as you play, which I thought was really freaking yeah. cool. But Ashen has a horrible ending. Oh I really? Mean, it, it's last boss. Like yet yeah, you go through the whole game and it, it's very the dark souls, you know, big weapons, and then you get to the last boss and the last boss can trample you and kill you in like a second. And I was like, you know, I could beat this. I could like, if I sat down and tried it over and over and over and over and over, I could do it. Like, but I, God, don't care. Like, I don't care trying to min max this fight to try to be like, Oh, well, if I get her line of sight here and I make sure that my AI companion gets down first and then I can, and I'm like, Dude, I, I, don't, I do. I'm the same way. I, I, I'm the same I way. don't it's care just, about it's, doing stuff. Like that, you know, you I mean? know, I do care to do like, do good in games and try to find things my own. But then there's a certain point where I'm like, eh, I just don't care uh, to do it that much. But to kind of go back to the point, that is like a weird like quirk about me. If someone recommends something to me, it's not that I'm me like, ooh, I bet I won't like it. Or I'm like not trying to like challenge like, ooh, I'm not going to like it. I just am like, okay, that's in my brain. I need to come to it on my own time. Because of some weird reasoning that's going on in my head that'll make me kind of not enjoy it or be more uh, skeptical about, you know, ooh, like like really nitpicky about certain things. I don't know why I do it, but that's just something that I do. So I think it might be right. because, you know, in the past when I've recommended things to people, no one took it seriously. But, uh, you know... <laughs> It's just a two-way street. Oh, yeah, you know? for sure. I think, you know, when you suggest things to people, you're going out of your way and you're making yourself vulnerable because usually you suggest things that you really like. And you're like, hey, it'd be cool if you really like this as well. 
But then, you know, there's also pressure from that as well. Because then you're like, well, man, if I don't like this, am I going to upset the person? Are they going to think yeah, I'm or dumb? Or say, oh, well, you just like don't get it. And so, you know, it's just, it, it's just a back and forth and just being honest. I mean, like, you know, like recently, like I've been really trying to be better about that. Like, um, you know, our Aunt Becky, she was like, send us this thing or she sent me this thing. She's like, hey, watch Troll Hunters. It's on YouTube. And I'm like, I've, already, I've seen it. Troll Hunters is great. You know, it's that Norwegian based. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it is a pretty cool, cool movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she sent us a message about the metaverse, like a like a 20 minute podcast. And I, I was like, you know what? I'll listen to that on my car ride home. Listen to it. And I was like, this is kind of wild. It's It's very similar to like an idea I've played about with this idea that like the Internet will expand and become this, you know, hub of virtual and augmented reality and you'll be able to live and do things inside this you know internet basically you know you'll be able to be inside the metaverse that kind of stuff i i love that kind of stuff i almost mean, like in a weird way almost like tron exactly yeah you know and it's it very i know and becky said it since it's me because in uh manelica there's this idea of the verse that Back before before the cataclysm called the blind, all of the people of the world could interact with the world through this medium of thought and like experimentation. And this place was called the verse. And it was this like way to interact with technology, to speak with technology, to create things and then to then have those things realized in the real world. The idea being that like if you could interface with a tree you could decide how the tree would grow based on where it was when you interfaced with it. That kind of idea, right? So like, you know, all that kind of stuff, like it all interlinks for me. And so I'm trying to be better about like when people do suggest things to me going and seeking them out because one of the only ways, especially for me as a writer that I know I'm going to get better is by seeing what other people and reading what other people have done. And that's like a big, big thing, you know, like, it's it can be hard sometimes like every time i watch blade runner 2049 jack there are some scenes in that movie where it shows how huge and overwhelming and kind of like brutal this like giant architecture is and i'm like ah it's painful because it's so close to what i've seen in my head for my story you know what i mean like i'm like yeah music the style the way it like shows and pans around i'm like oof it's so close like it's so close and it's kind of it's kind of like depressing in a way because you're like man am i gonna eventually if i don't get this out fast enough am i gonna hit a point where somebody gets so close to the idea i have that it my idea is not gonna be original anymore yours would be i mean there are really no like where you're like i've been working you know there are no like 13 There are no like original ideas per se, but you know, there are definitely like avenues of untapped potential within subgenres, I For think, sure. that are, you know, wide open. You know, thinking about the multiverse, how the internet's gonna be the, this weird augmented reality, you can like live in it, makes me think of the way they do the internet in Futurama. Remember when they entered into it and then the, yeah. all the spam yeah. bots come and attack them, they have to like <laughs> fly away and. It's basically a whole city, but it's just, you know, the yeah. internet. So you're like, oh, I want to meet, I think in the show they meet like Lucy Lou or something like that. And 
you know, the, the, this whole, it's, yeah, it's, that would be insane. I think we're yeah. kind of, eventually we're going to get to that point, but we'll have to wait and see. If Definitely. I if I can bring in something pretty yeah, go topical, have you heard of Elon Musk's new robot? I have. There, I have. there was this really good post. So I was just, I was looking at it earlier. It's like supposed to be like five foot eight inches tall, so a short king. Um, <laughs> uh, and it was like you will be able to outrun this thing, and most likely overpower it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, most yeah, likely like, yeah, overpower. Yeah, it. I don't know. I love that I don't know line. That, but it. I was like most likely and here. I wonder if I, if I saw the post, I don't have it still pulled up, but I was like this, it looks kind of similar to the robots from I robot. Do you remember that movie with Will Smith? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know exactly. There's that post with Will Smith. And <laughs> so it's, I was like, it, it's a cool idea for sure. But isn't he the one that's been warning us about like, you know, AI is going to take over the world and, and stuff, you know, and, and, you know, like, like here, like Laura says, like, Elon yeah. Musk, like, I'm sure he's like a brilliant guy, but also he's just kind of like super meme especially in these last couple of years. And dude, yeah, I, just, he, I don't like him. Yeah. It's like, he's just like, he's not, he doesn't seem like a cool dude or no. like a good person really just based on the way he interacts with people. And, you know, I, who knows? Dude. It, it's, it's one of those things, right? Where like, and I was talking about this um, with dad, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, man, Elon Musk could be so cool. Like, like, and I understand. Okay. Like, let me set the record. Like, I know that Elon Musk doesn't have like $9 billion in his bank of America account. You know, like I understand that he doesn't have that money just on hand, but like, I think I see that kind of stuff and I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, hey, it's really cool that you're doing electric cars and getting into space. Same with Jeff Bezos and making these robots because that's the only way that these things are really going to get started is by these eccentric people being like, hey, we're just going to do it. And, you know, eventually that'll lead to like other people being like, hey, if they can do it, what if we can do it? You know, and I, I'm all for that because like that's how we're going to get space travel and actually be able to go to Mars and et cetera, et cetera. But then on the other hand, I'm like, Dude, if you wanted to, you could like pay your employees like $30 an hour base and you could attract so many people to your business and you could make more money. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, if you were, if, if Elon Musk was like, Hey, you know what? Anyone who wants to work for me, we're going to be setting up some new factories. We're increasing our base pay to $30 an hour and I'm going to be, you know, I'll be taking a pay cut, you know? several of my billion okay billions of dollars by the way so we're not billions is a freaking yeah. lot of money like that's not that's like a no joke money like that's not even you know we're not talking about a billion dollar change here you know but like he could do that like he could say that and he could do that and he could be like do you know i'd be like dude i freaking should work for tesla you know what i mean like that all of a sudden and then you know other businesses would be like well crap we have to compete with tesla and they would start doing it as well and i i just that's what makes it i think elon Musk so scummy now is i'm like dude like i i understand that like you worked for your money and i'm not saying that like 
hey, everybody needs to be as rich as you. But like the ultra rich, the like gross wealthiness, I'm like, dude, you need to put that back down. Otherwise, that like, otherwise, what is what's the point? You know? Yeah. Like, what's the point of doing anything like that? Like, I mean, we talked about that in our service industry episode. Like, people just need help, and the fact that like so many people, like, or especially like rich like businesses and stuff benefited from the pandemic is just insane to me. And it's really sad. Like, it's like, man, like the money to help people exists out there and it's just not being used to help people. And it baffles my yeah, mind. Cause it's like, there's so much, even if you're just a, even if, yeah, even if you're the sleaze bag, like Elon Musk, and I, I'm fine with calling Elon Musk a sleaze bag because unless he does something like this, I'm going to be like, Hey, you're a sleaze bag. I mean, it's just true. Uh, but like, can you imagine the positive publicity he would get? How popular he would be if he did something like that? Like something that in the grand scheme of things would make him more money? Like what? Like I, I don't really quite yeah, get I mean, where well, that disconnect so is. Like people at that level, because of like the way money works, especially like with like, you know, stocks and whatever, uh, you know, it, it just sits there and keeps accumulating. He could literally spend... He could become a millionaire... Yeah. And become a billionaire before the year ends again. Like, that's how much money he's making. So, you know... Yeah. They're like... You gotta spend money to make money. Isn't that kind of the thing? So, hey, if... Like, if right. Jeff Bezos spent all his money... And then, hey, suddenly, he's just a millionaire now. The thing is, though... Well, that'd be great. I'd be, dude. He's that's that's awesome. He helped out a lot of people, depending on how the money was allocated. Yeah, whatever. But you'd still have people saying it's not enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Still, people would be saying that's not yeah. enough. It's not enough. Yeah. I, you know, being if you got rich and wealthy, whatever, it's fine. But it's like there's this gross accumulation of wealth. That's it's it's unreal. Yeah, it's like the gross, it's almost yeah. like evil villain levels. Like, yeah. Laura and I drive by this house. That looks like it the is. house of it really yeah. Is. It looks like the house of Lex, like Luthor. Lex Luthor. I think you know what I'm talking about. And we're always like, "What's going on in there? Like, what what's what, what's do, happening yeah. in there? Because <laughs> no one's ever pulling in. No one's pulling out. Yeah, there's just it, this huge yeah. No it's one ever comes huge, in. Huge blocky no house. One ever goes out. And I'm like, who who lives there? God. Okay. Can we take a moment? Can we take a before moment? We end here. And I promise this is all related. But how horrifying that scene from Willy Wonka is where Charlie's like looking at the factory and then there's a man who has a cart, an old man, and this cart, I shit you not, full of knives. And this man's like, nobody ever oh comes Oh my in. God, nobody you're totally out. right. And then Charlie, Charlie like looks at this man and like runs in fear. And people just ignore that about that movie. I mean- I love watching Willy Wonka now because I love how, like, internet culture has turned against Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe, who's, like, buying tobacco and who obviously can walk. And their their family's, like, destitute poor. And he's just, like, sitting yeah. in bed. Like, yeah. Yeah, you kind of... <laughs> that was kind of bad for me. I mean, when I was like, young, I didn't really Joe, realize, but as I got older, I was like, wait, can't he, like... No, yeah, I didn't even think about he it. he able to walk? The whole time, yeah. Like you don't just start walking like, if you can't. Like, yeah, he's he's pretty <laughs> nimble on his feet too. So like, 
when when is he when yeah. is he getting out of bed to to walk around? Is it just a, right. is it a known fact that he can get up and walk yeah. around? No, because they're all startled when he stands up, right? I, I know. So, but how is he working yeah. those muscles? Like, is there yeah. some kind of leg exercise he's doing in bed that no one notices? I, I <laughs> Grandpa, know. Gr- and it's not like he's doing them in Grandpa bed. Grandpa Joe's sleeping in bed with four other people. Calves, three other people. Like, like, come on. You know, people like have, you know, these huge upper bodies, but like no leg muscles. He's like the exact opposite. Just these giant thighs. <laughs> All right, come on, Charlie. He's like wearing like those like short shorts, you know, just like stretched tight around these like huge thighs. He's like, you know, like Olympic athlete level thighs. <laughs> Wait, Grandpa, you. Uncle or grandpa, Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe, Grandpa Joe's also the one who convinces Charlie to drink the fizzy lifting drink. He's like, it can't hurt anybody, Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) He always gets his grandson eviscerated in the fan. Like, come on now. I mean, Charlie's like screaming with real. He's like, help! (laughs) The child actor who played Charlie had no idea that it was all fake. He thought he was actually going to die the whole time. You were just like, oh god! But uh, there's also the scary scene in the tunnel. Yeah, I mean, okay, d- dude. Uh, what's what's the that name? Movie is great. I should know I... the name of the actor who played Willy Wonka. He, okay, he's uh, also guy who plays the main dude in Young Frankenstein. Oh, sorry, Young Frankenstein. Um, yes. Frankenstein. Uh, Frankenstein. Do that, that now movie is the guy also get, the, okay and you hilarious. know the song uh when they come for me right no the one that goes dun, dun, dun. Yeah. okay okay that song's so yeah. good by the way the whole speech in there the guy giving a speech sounds like gene wilder i feel like i've told you this before and you thought i was crazy it sound listen to it and I was like, is that him? Is it like a speech from a movie or like an actual like speech? I don't know. Maybe. But it could uh, be. Dude. Like Stay close to me. It gets dark and her candles aren't even lit. It's um <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> that movie is so funny. Like um <laughs> Oh, there's so many God. scenes in Young Frank Sam <laughs> where like the guy's just giving them like the eye. I forget this instance, Igor or whatever. He's like giving them the eye. He's like, <laughs> "You was it your hump on? Was it your hump on the other side? No, <laughs> oh, but I thought, hey, well, um, <laughs> you're like okay, <laughs> like great. That's great. That's good. I'm trying to think. Uh, <laughs> destiny, destiny, no escaping that for me, destiny." <laughs> Oh my gosh, God! That that movie cracks me up. It's such a it's such a funny humor too. Like it, I, when I think of like our family's style of humor, it's definitely Young Frankenstein. Like just that weird, like offbeat, like where you let the moment kind of hang there for a second. God, it's, good. it's very good, very good. Ugh. Well, Jack, I feel like we've gone on several great tangents we talked about the grossly wealthy we talked about adaptations versus source material talked about anime talked about some video games in there is there anything else you'd like to uh bring up before we close out this 
thrilling, mm-hmm. some would say, episode of the Rapid I like Tour. it. I think it was good. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Alrighty. All right. Well, everybody. <laughs> bye. Oh, by the way, I'm working on some new tracks for the next chapter already. I'll, I'll probably send them your way sometime. Play the music really some fast. of the demos I'm working on. Sweet. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Racketeer Collection, Chapter 5, Episode 5, Tangents and Odds and Ends, Part 3. We love doing the Racketeer Collection, Jack and I. At least I can speak for myself. I know I love doing it. I'm pretty sure Jack does loves doing it, too. If you love it just as much as we do, you can support us on Patreon. Um, The support goes a long way for really just us expanding and doing more things. Um, but just as important as support, um, if you can't financially support us, uh, send in your messages, collection at gmail.com. If you want to email, you can find us on Facebook, um, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter. We're available on all of those platforms, really, so that if you want to contact us, you can kind of contact us in the way that is easiest for you. I love having questions, and I know, I was looking at our RSS feed, and I showed Jack this, that there's some like weird listeners we have overseas hello first of all if you actually are still listening to this that's really cool to think about um but hey write in yes you um i don't know what's the german name there was nobody in germany <laughs> listening to this but you know Ludwig. hey you write in like let us know you exist even if it's just like a simple message on instagram that's like hey guys listen in from here awesome hello? i would love I don't to know hear from my you. name mine it'd be my Become- name something <laughs> das ludwig I don't know. I need to learn German. <laughs> Ludwig. We would love to hear from you. Dude, some dope freak. names. We'd love to hear from you. You know, you know whatever. Some, some, pretty, some, some dope, sick names. Try to make some fun of me for saying names. dope. I don't know why. Dope. Oh, man. I always, I always feel like that's one of the worst ways to like, end a sentence. It's just, oh man, because like something about it's like, oh, like is they're like, <laughs> what do we like? What do we say next? Yeah, you like, yeah, oh. you just ran out of ran like out that, of steam. Oh, yeah. is all the steam? Yeah, it's going so funny. Out. I uh, I always I'm like when we start these tangent episodes, I'm like, there's no way we can just talk for an hour, and then <laughs> the hour comes extremely fast. I'm like, oh my god, this is what the Rackinger, hour uh, Twitch channel is going to be like, but just with the game. Yeah, definitely. That I am a hundred percent everyone out there um, behind starting up a Twitch channel, especially for a lot of like the more strategy um, turn-based games that I play. Yes, and by the way, I will I be making some graphics for that. Them. I'm going to learn how to use Blender and try to make some very basic graphics. So yeah, it would be so fun to be streaming. You know, just me playing around in Minecraft, like just like being like, "Hey guys, this is the Minecraft realm, and you can see what I'm doing." Because I I put like probably too much work into my minecraft stuff just because i find it's so fun to me and so like i don't know there's something about it that's just so decompressing about like sitting down and got your headphones in i had this really nice moment with michael when i played uh friday if you want to join the racketeer collection realm by the way join us on patreon and you can it's it's locked behind payment <laughs> i'm just kidding no if you want to join just send me a message and i'll add you if you're cool but I had this moment with Michael Jack. Yeah, at least be following us. We had, we were both 
playing together like chatting and then i was like ah man i've been playing for a long time i need to get off and got off i made some dinner and i got back on michael hops back on we're not chatting we're just i we're just both working on our bases and there's this weird understood thing where i'm like oh it's getting dark run inside sleep wait for like 10 seconds skips today michael slept get up and we just go and sleep and work that's good, that's good. <laughs> like just like really like good like just back and forth like symbiosis of us just like not even talking and just like yeah, building I mean, and having <laughs> yeah i mean i hopped in there for a bit i was working on some stuff and it was just silence for a while and we hopped we did hop into a discord chat but that's kind of also a thing oh do you see all the new stuff i added no not today jack said he was gonna hop on no. but um we we're playing some last of us factions i've as you're playing dude, i forgot how good the multiplayer is it's so much i mean there's some aggravating things to it's it good. for sure but man good super fun anyways everyone anyways. thank you so much for listening and we will leave you with clumsy titans lost and that'll be it oh here he is oh goodbye everybody bye Until next week everybody. till we find our way bye. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like when he gets stuck in the Matrix soup, it like freaks out. Okay, bye. The Matrix soup? <laughs>